Welcome into the Ebony Bird Podcast, brought to you by Ebony Bird and Fansided. We are the official Baltimore Ravens affiliate through Fansided. I'm your host, Jake McDonald. You can find me on Twitter at jmcdonald95. Our two site experts, Chris Sissler and Joe Schiller, will be joining me in just a moment. You can follow Chris on Twitter at footballman58 and Joe Schiller at Joe Schiller with two R's. And of course, check us out at ebonybird.com at ebony underscore bird on Twitter. We are brought to you on either iTunes or Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to give us a subscription to hear us every single week, bringing you the latest Ravens news. We're not going to stop all throughout the offseason. We're going to bring you the podcast uh, even after the Super Bowl, but that's going to be our main focal point on, on this episode of the podcast. We're going to talk about Super Bowl 52 between the Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots. We went over the conference championship games last week, but this week we're going to shift our focus to the actual game, and we'll give you some prop bets, some game picks, some keys to the game, all that good stuff later on in the show. But we also have some news coming out about Dean Pease joining the Tennessee Titans coaching staff almost two weeks after retiring from the Ravens, but... We're going to have to get more into that. And then we'll also preview the Steve Bishotti. I don't know if it's called the State of the Ravens press conference. I guess you could call it that, even though it's just going to be Bishotti this year, not no Ozzie Newsome, Dick Cass, or John Harbaugh. But we have a lot to dive into. But before we do that, download our Ebony Bird app from the iTunes Store. Lots of content. You can check that out there. You will get all of our articles there rather than having to pull up your laptop and go to the website. You know, that takes a couple minutes. Quick and easy to just download the the app from the App Store and have that all out in front of you for either your mobile device or your tablet. Some recent articles, Chris had an article on Dean Pease taking the Titans defensive coordinator job as well as strengths and weaknesses of general manager Ozzie Newsome taking a hard look at him with the Ravens missing the playoffs four out of five seasons. And Joe was all over. The Ravens are expected to get a third round compensatory pick because of uh, losing Rick Wagner. That one out as well. And, of course, Connor Brooks, who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. You can check him out at Connor underscore Brooks 14 out on Twitter. Exploring the free agent situation with Ryan Jensen, of course, with uh, Eric Wood's retirement up in Buffalo. That situation with Jensen could certainly drive his uh, price tag up a little bit. But, fellas, let's get right into it. Let's talk about the Steve Bishotti press conference this Friday at 1.30. This is a really interesting thing because, like I said earlier, it's just going to be Steve addressing the media. Um, again, Friday at 1.30, they're going to stream it online. But really, I mean, there's not going to be any eyes. You knew some Dick Cass or John Harbaugh. It's going to be Steve Bishotti having all guns a-blazing, pointing at him, where all the, uh, the, the media members are going to be asking a lot of questions that have been on the fans' minds. And speaking of the media members, really interesting that they're doing this two days before the Super Bowl with several local media members out of town. And I guess, you know, some not all Baltimore media members are at the Super Bowl, but there's a good amount that are out on Radio Row and out reporting, whether it's for a major news network, what have you. But Chris and then Joe, how are you feeling about the timing of this Ravens press conference from Bashadi? Well, I think it's getting to a point where you had to do it. I think more than anything is there's no really good time to – take a bunch of questions about you missing the playoffs for three straight years. I think the fact that Bashadi is doing this alone is telling because I think that means he's angry. I think that means he's going to unleash without having the uh, Harbaugh and Newsom's take on it. I, I think it's just going to be Bashadi telling them how it is, and it might not be what we want to hear, but it's going to be what what he's going to tell us. So I think the timing is there's no good timing, and it had to get done soon. Yeah, I actually kind of like it's just going to be the shoddy by himself. I feel like all these press conferences we have with Harbaugh, especially the end of the season presser, 
he has a tendency to kind of not really dodge questions, but, I mean, he'll answer questions, but really doesn't get down to the point that a lot of reporters ask. So I think it's very interesting that, especially this is kind of different from the past, especially last year when um, Newsom, Harbaugh, DaCosta, and um, Saudi were all up there. And um, I hope the reporters really ask him some good questions. I think he just needs to be frank and be honest about what's going on with the organization right now and a lot of fans are still upset even after Harbaugh's press conference because he really didn't give us much answers or anything that we already know which isn't surprising but the timing is definitely um, interesting I didn't realize what you had said Jake about the, some of the bigger reporters being gone so I don't know if thought went into that you think there might have been just depending on the timing but I'm interested to see what they're exactly going to ask um, Bashadi and I hope it's something good because these fans deserve an answer for why the Ravens have missed the playoffs three years in a row. It's unacceptable for a franchise of this caliber. Now, with that being said, I'm sure all of us are going to be tuned into this, uh, you know, as much as possible on Friday. But is there anything in particular you are eager to hear from Bashadi, or is there anything specific that you want to hear from him? I'd like to um, hear more about just like the fan situation. I think when I forget who had asked Harbaugh about it. He kind of deflected it off, and I didn't really like the answer he had put. So I think coming from the owner, the, guys, the guy who actually is in charge of the team um, and really does care the most about the fans coming because that's the money he makes, I'm interested to see what he has to say about that because that was obviously a huge issue at the beginning of the season with the with the protests and everything, and then the rest of the season there really wasn't that good of showing compared to, to, compared to recent years. I mean, like we said for the Bengals game, it's – in week 17, the stadium was noticeably empty, and that's a problem. Yeah, uh, just piggybacking off that, I want to know uh, what the line is for um, unacceptable versus acceptable, because keeping everyone pretty much band together, you're basically saying what has happened is acceptable, whether you are or not. Um, I'm interested to see how he intends to get fans to come back to the stadium. I'm interested to see if he just eats it. I want him to just eat it. I want the Ravens to say, hey, we're sorry we missed the playoffs for the third straight time. We're sorry that we blew it. We're sorry that we got you in this roller coaster of emotions where we look horrible, look like we're not going to be in it, then we reel you back in, and then we suck again. I just wanted to say the words, I'm sorry for wasting your time. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. But I hope he he really shows that, you know, it's, it's about the fans and it's not about him and it's not about the Ravens. It's about Baltimore and the fans. Because I'm, I just, being a Ravens fan is brutal right now. It's just, it's brutal. And I also want to see, hey, are we going to attack wide receiver? Are we going to step into the 21st century of, of football? Yeah. I, I want to hear a lot. I want to hear an awful lot. Yes, yeah, certainly. Whether, you know, uh, we've certainly heard from, in regards to fans not showing up, and we've covered this repeatedly on this podcast, whether it's been the on-field product, the lack of playmakers, the London protests certainly went into that. Through all of that, we haven't heard a word from Bashadi. We haven't heard a word from Ozzy Newsome, although he's more player personnel. But we, going back to my point, we heard from you know John Harbor on this matter. We've heard from the players. We've heard from, in the letter from Dick Cass, but nothing has really been said out of Bashadi's mouth himself. And I'm really interested to see what he, how he's feeling about the lack of attendance right now at Ravens games and um, the number of factors that go into that. But more news. Not so much Ravens-related, but around the NFL and in Tennessee, 
re- recent retiree, uh, former Ravens defensive coordinator Dean Pease, coming out of retirement about less than two weeks since retiring in Owings Mills to take the Titans defensive coordinator position. The main reason why he did this, according to him, was uh, Mike Vrabel, the new Titans head coach. He, of course, Pease was his defensive coordinator in New England, while uh, Rabel was a linebacker on the New England Patriots. And then also Dean's son, Matt, will also be joining the Titans coaching staff coming off of a high school coaching roster, which I think is a really big accomplishment in and of itself. But quick quote from Dean, one week after I retired, I had gotten an offer to coach and I turned it down. We were ready to move our stuff and do a retirement home in Michigan. Then I got a call from Mike Vrabel and he kept calling. I kept missing the game more and more. It got to the point where I finally knew I missed it and told him, yes, I'd do it. This kind of reminds me of... 20, after the 2014 season, Gary Kubiak, you know, saying he, different circumstance here, but uh, going back on his words, saying he was going to stay and taking his dream job in Denver. Uh, I was more upset over that situation. I think this one's more family oriented. I think he is loathing at the opportunity to, or really looking forward to the opportunity, uh, rather, to coach with his son. I think that certainly went into it. Uh, of course, he's really good friends with Mike Vrabel, has a good relationship there, and I think he kind of has a bad taste in his mouth over how his last play call went, and I think he wants to amend amend that before he actually does retire. Um, But certainly, I think, you know, Ravens fans shouldn't be upset with Dean, despite everything that's happened the way the season ended. It was time for a change defensive coordinator. I'm excited to see where uh, Wink Martindale is going to take this team. Uh, But how did you react upon hearing the news of Pease? taking the job as the new Titans defensive coordinator, who, by the way, the Ravens are playing next season. I thought it was a little fishy. Something smells funny about it. I was, I came to the thought that maybe Pease is on the way out, whether he retired or not, and that that was the nicest way for him to exit. Um, I don't know if the Ravens or Dean Pease knew that there would be a job opening for him, but I, the fact that he's coming back seems a little fishy. Um, good for Dean Pease. He's a nice guy. He's a guy that's hard to root against. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if week 17, the Titans are playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Titans need to win the division. And fourth down and eight, fourth down and 12? Touchdown. Wouldn't be shocked. Wouldn't be shocked at all. He gives up leads. He you know, what you get from Pease, what Tennessee's getting, is a guy who runs a pretty stable defense, keeps things in front of you, plays good red zone defense, but you're, you know, big play when it matters most, that's what he gives up, and he has a long history of doing it. I think uh, somewhere I saw it was like something like 18 times the Ravens have lost the same way under Pease. It was time for a change, so I'm glad he's not in Baltimore anymore. Because whether, and I think I saw Joe's tweet earlier, which is well said. It's time for something different with like Martindale. Um, so that's that's really where I'm at. I, but it smells fishy. It smells like maybe he was on his way out. Yeah, it's a lot different than the Kubiak one because that was coming off one of the, uh, Joe Flacco's best seasons the Ravens had that uh, AFC divisional round loss to the Patriots and they really had been on top and really had a chance to probably compete for another Super Bowl had he had stayed but and this is just a completely different situation with the fourth and 12 and you know losing the potential playoff berth so I thought it was time for a change anyway like Chris said I tweeted that out yesterday and I mean I'm not mad about it I mean he the Ravens needed a change and this was the only change they were going to make whether it was retirement or not and I don't think fans were going to like 
the fact that all three coordinators would be returning again for another season. And if something hadn't changed, if it wasn't going to be Marty, then it had to be Dean Pease. And, I mean, he retired. He's going to the Titans. Like, good for him. I mean, that's, the Ravens didn't do anything once he retired anyway. It's not like they were going to bring him back. So, I think Martindale's a, just a fresh change. The Ravens need something new in the defensive front. So, hopefully that works out. And, I mean, if they're down a touchdown or a field goal against the Titans late in the game, then we can feel confident that they're going to make a game-winning play. So, I'm not too mad about it. This is the Ebony Bird Podcast. Again, a friendly reminder to download the Ebony Bird app from the iTunes Store. Of course, our Super Bowl preview show, we're going to get into everything Super Bowl 52 related in a minute. But just once again, follow us on Twitter at Ebony underscore Bird and check us out at EbonyBird.com. Our Twitter handles for myself, it's McDonald 95 contributor for Ebony Bird, and our two stud experts, Chris Schisler at man 58 and Joe Schiller at Joe Schiller with two R's coming at you through either iTunes or Blog Talk Radio. We're going to dive into everything Super Bowl 52. Of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the big game coming up this weekend. Kind of depressing because after this weekend, there's no football for about six months. So enjoy it while we can. Going over the details here. Kickoff from Mall of America Stadium in Minneapolis, Minnesota is going to be at 6.30. It's going to be on NBC. So that means we get about four and a half hours of Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth along with Michelle Tafoya. Justin Timberlake, I had... For some reason, I'm written Justin Bieber on my script here, but it's Justin Timberlake performing the halftime show. The referee will be Gene Steratore. So, uh, fellas, before we get into all the the prop bets and the picks and and whatnot, there's some big matchups, whether you're talking about Tom Brady going up against this vaunted Eagles defense. I think the key for the Eagles is going to be stopping Rob Gronkowski, who, of course, is going to be coming back from a concussion. No real uh, concern there. I don't. I think that's more than enough time after what happened to them about about two weeks ago to recover. Uh, and then the key for the Eagles is just be, kind of been doing what they're they've been doing. I mean, the Vikings defense is certainly a lot better than the Patriots defense. I love all the weapons the Eagles have on offense. And honestly, as long as Nick Foles plays a mistake free football, the Eagles have a really good shot in this game. And if you line up the rosters side by side and compare the the Patriots to the Eagles. The Eagles blow them out of the water at almost every single position except quarterback, but that's the one key there. The Eagles, despite having clearly the best roster, are going to be going up against the best quarterback of all time and the best coach of all time. So this is a really big matchup. I think it has the potential to be one of the best Super Bowls we've seen uh, in a long time. Where are you focusing some key matchups, breaking down the game, keys to the game on both sides? I mean, I think the biggest thing for the Eagles is obviously getting to Tom Brady. When we've seen Brady lose the two Super Bowls to the Giants, they've been able to get pressure in the front. And I think the Eagles have that front four that can get pressure on Tom Brady without having to blitz extra linebackers. And that's the key to getting to the best quarterback of all time. They can do that. They can have a lot of success, even with Nick Foles on the other side of the ball. And like you said, stopping Ron Gronkowski is huge. I know he's going to play. There's no question about that. But, I mean, when the Eagles did blow out the Vikings, they did give up that early touchdown to Kyle Rudolph. And having that big tight end can pose a problem for linebackers, no matter how good you are, because Gronkowski is just a freak of an athlete. I mean, he's just uncoverable. So, I mean, that's just a huge um, key for the Eagles. They have to put on the defensive side of the ball. It doesn't matter how well Nick Foles plays. That's just the reality of it. And that's just the situation we're stuck with. Those Carson Wentz would be a completely different story. But with the Patriots, it's just their in-game adjustments. It's going to be a tough game. I don't think they're going to walk right over the Eagles just like that. But like we saw during the Jaguars game, even when the Patriots are down and you think they're out, Bill Belichick's ability to make in-game adjustments at halftime in different quarters is going to be key for this game. I think even the running game, too. Um, James White and those running backs aren't your typical north to south runners, but they really utilize them so well in the passing game. And the Eagles have had a tough time 
while they've been while they've been so great against the run this year, they've been really bad against running backs in the passing game. So I think that's going to be interesting to see how that matches up. Honestly, I think the Patriots are going to be the ones coming out on top, but I think this is going to be a lot closer game than everyone expects. I expect a close game, but I really do. I actually think it could play out a lot like the Super Bowl. I don't think the Eagles are going to get a twenty-eight to three lead, but I think. I think the Eagles are going to come out punching. I think the Eagles are going to come out having some success, finding a matchup or two that works for their offense with the playmakers they have. And I think the problem is the Patriots are a team that's almost built to come back in football games. When you look at their quick passing game, they could get old. They could get chunks of yards with short passes, and that sets up the big play. And Rob Gronkowski is uncoverable uh, for an entire football game. You can slow him down a little bit, but he's a monster. And I, I just see the, I just see Tom Brady outdoing, uh, Foles in a, I think a medium scoring game. I see defenses prevailing for most of the day, but I, I think when it comes down to it, you have a chance for a last minute drive. Who do you trust, Foles or Brady? And that's why it's going to the Patriots. And that's the big difference with Wentz in there. I think it would be more fun, but I still think the same thing. You, you trust Wentz or Brady. Wentz can do it, but Brady definitely can do it. So I, I got the Patriots winning this one. I would love to see the Eagles pull it out. I honestly have never been this unexcited for a football game that was the Super Bowl, and uh, I don't like either team. I At least when the Steelers and Cardinals played, I could root hard for the Cardinals. I don't like either team. I, I'll root for the Eagles, but, you know, I just want to see a great game. I want to enjoy and celebrate football because that's what the Super Bowl's for. But, yeah, I, in terms of Super Bowl Sundays, this has not been my most anticipated one because either way, a team I'm not particularly fond of is winning. And, say I disagree with you on anything you just said there, Chris, but one thing I do want to mention the, both these teams combined have played one game in domes this season. The Patriots being the only one picking up a 36 to 20 win over the Saints in week two. And that's a big factor. And you factor in, like I said earlier, the Eagles clearly having the better roster, but the Patriots have more experience in big games like this. They have the Brady and Belichick factor. And of course, you know, like we, like we talked about last week, 12 out of the last 13 teams uh, in the Super, Super Bowl winners. Uh, wearing their white jerseys. All that means absolutely nothing, don't get me wrong, but there's just so much back and forth that you could go, you could go uh, like, for example, the Patriots more experienced playing on turf. They play on a turf field in Gillette Stadium, whereas the Eagles play on grass at Lincoln Financial Field. So I think there's definitely going to be more jitters on the Eagles' side. I think um, I don't expect the meltdown, the Falcons-like meltdown like we saw last year. Um, but this this really, I've been going literally back and forth the entire week. One minute I was on the Eagles, next minute I was picking the Patriots. I literally, I literally have no, I, I, I really have no idea. The easy cop out here would be to pick the the Patriots, you know, coached and quarterback by the best ever, um, along with the referees. Or I know there's certain people out there who think there's conspiracy theories along with the with the Patriots, which is another thing that if you're looking at uh, things like that tips in the Patriots' favor, and certainly I know for a fact that if you're sitting there on Sunday with people rooting against the Patriots and there's a bunch of penalties on the Eagles, there's going to be people whining and bitching no matter what. Um, But anyway, going back to the pick, 
we've and I, I got to thank Adam Lefko uh, for letting us use this audio from his podcast last week from Bleacher Report. But I want to go. I mean, he was talking about how the Eagles were a lot like the 1990 Giants, and there were like seven similarities between the two teams. You can find that clip out on uh, his Twitter handle, but. You know, they say what goes around comes around, and this, what I'm about to say, is going to be sound in my Super Bowl preview on Charm City Birdwatch, my sports blog, probably on Thursday. But 13 years ago in the 2004-2005 uh, season in Jacksonville, Adam Vinteri booted a 22-yard field goal with 840 remaining. That put the Patriots up by 10, and the Eagles were able to get a touchdown with just under two minutes left, but could not close it out. The Patriots got the ball back, of course, so... With that being said, they say what goes around comes around. Give me Jake Elliott booting a field goal with five minutes left to put the Eagles up by 10, with the Patriots scoring another touchdown but not being able to get the ball back. Give me 20, Eagles 24-21, to 21, which, by the way, was the exact score of Super Bowl 39, but, of course, the Patriots are on the winning end. I'm saying it's karma. I'm saying uh, all that's going down. I know none of nobody's going to buy what I'm saying most likely, but that's... I, I like it. I like it, but what I would say to that is, that the Patriots are the Buffalo Bills team that lost four Super Bowls. Right, understandably so. And, of course, another another thing that, you know, Ravens fans might, you know, a little reason root for the Patriots is disgusting as that might sound. Like, I think I might have said this last week, if the Patriots were to win the Super Bowl, that would give them six Super Bowl uh, championships, just like, you know, the other team in Pennsylvania that we all know and love so well. Um, I hate the other team. <laughs> Does that other team in Pennsylvania ever talk about those Super Bowls? I forget. Just a little bit, but I mean, at, at, least, at, least, at least if the Patriots had six, they, the Steelers wouldn't be the only team to have six in the most out of all time. Um, but I know, I know there's going to be – I'm going to get a lot of flack for my pick, but I'm going with the Eagles. Give me them 24-20 over New England. We'll go over to Joe and then Chris. What are your thoughts on the score and your pick? I'm going to take the easy cop out because I just think the Patriots are going to win. Um, like I said, I think it's going to be a close game. I'll go 27-21 Patriots. I think they just win by a touchdown. Nothing fancy, pretty even scoring game the whole way out. It's just the Patriots are a better team. Yeah, the Patriots uh, have a habit of getting my hopes up that they're going to lose and then winning. Um, when the Ravens play them, the last time the Ravens played the Patriots, it was like, oh, we're going to win this game. They're making mistakes. they never make it to a stadium. And then, yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, then the Falcons, uh, yeah, that didn't happen. Then the Jaguars, yeah, that didn't happen. I'm just tired of thinking this is going to be the time the Patriots fall. And then they, I just, I just, I resigned myself to it. I just, I resigned myself to the thought that the Patriots are just contractually obligated to win the Super Bowl. It just feels that way. Um, I'm tired of watching them in the Super Bowl every single season. Um, but it is a cop-out. It's an absolute cop-out. I'm going to go Patriots, 31, Eagles, 28. I say great game. Eagles fans get to stew in misery a little longer, and Patriots fans get way more glory than they need to have. I mean, they've won five what times are, since, yeah. What's I mean, they've, they've, won, uh, they've won five Super Bowls in the salary cap area, which is un- unprecedented. But I wanted to say it's real quick. Fair. It's just not fair. <laughs> but, but real quick, though, since they've won, you know, so much lately and the fact that they've cheated while doing it, it would, I mean, especially after the season the NFL has had with all the ratings down, yada, yada, wouldn't it be a great thing for the league if the Eagles won the Super Bowl? Like, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be a nice change of pace? 
I want to see the Eagles win, but I'm just I just can't see it happening. Like I hate the Patriots, I really do. I just despise them as much as the Steelers at this point, but I just can't bet against them considering what happened last year. But I would love to see the Eagles win to be great. I love the Eagles to win. I will never despise anybody as much as the Steelers. It's not possible. But the Patriots are second. They're not that close because I really hate the Steelers, but they're second. So real quick, going over some prop bets. Up first, over or under two minutes for Pink's national anthem. I think I saw her, um, earlier on a, um, some website, either Oddstruck or CBS somewhere, um, the average – uh, length of a Super Bowl national anthem is one minute and 58 seconds. So with that being said, I'm going to go under two minutes. I'm going to go over. She's going to hand it up. I'm going to go over, too. So up next is what kind of apparel will Bill Belichick be wearing? Is he going to break out the sleeveless uh, whatever shirt he was wearing a couple weeks ago? Is he going to – he might even be wearing a T-shirt. I mean, it's going to be nice and warm in the dome. Um but, I mean, I guess you can't go wrong with the classic hoodie. That, that seems to be his go-to. Uh, what do you guys think he's going to be wearing? Patriots polo. I'm going sleeveless hoodie. So, the next thing, Justin Timberlake has the, the um, halftime show. So, we saw last year Lady Gaga basically ascended from the roof of the stadium. So, is Timberlake, he's going to walk on stage? Is he going to come up from underneath? Or is he going to ascend or descend from the rafters like uh, Lady Gaga did last year? Uh, I don't think he's going to ascend from the Raptors. I think he'll walk on the stage. Justin Timberlake is a guy who loves the attention. I think he's going to come up from under the stage. Going back to the National Anthem, will Pink forget or omit a word from the National Anthem? I'm going to go yes on this one, but it's not going to be anything major. It's just going to be something minor. I'm going to go no. I'm going to go yes, and every conservative is going to cry. Oh, what what color Gatorade? Um, let's go. Let's go. Patriots and then Eagles. What color Gatorade will be dumped on Bill Belichick or Doug Peterson if they win? For the Eagles, I'm going easily green, and for the Patriots, I'm going to go orange. Yeah, I'm going to go green for the Eagles because that's too easy, and I'm going to go red for the Patriots. Yeah, I'm going to go red for the Patriots as well. And for some reason, I'm looking at the odds here, and the highest odds are purple and blue. So I'm going to go blue. Maybe they switched up a little bit. How many times will the term, now here's a guy, be muttered by Chris Collinsworth during the game? I'm going to go 10. I'm going to go 6, but I'm going to go 10 for pro football focus references. I'm going to go 8, but it's only going to take me like 3 before I mute the television. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) I guess um, over or under 5 tweets for Donald Trump during the Super Bowl. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over, but that doesn't mean it's going to be all about the Super Bowl. I'm going to go under for some reason. I don't know. I don't, he hates the NFL, so I, I, maybe he'll stay quiet for this one. Will Tom Brady's jersey be stolen from the locker room again? Yes or no? I'm going to go no. They're going to have the lockdown this time, but you never know. I could see it easily happening. How many times are uh, Robert Kraft and Jeffrey Lurie shown in their in their boots? Yeah, that's a lot. Another one you could I mean is the flake gate going to be mentioned at all? Is that going to be brought up? I'm sure at some point it's going to be in the history. How many times do they reference Eagles fans going crazy, climbing poles, or the guy running into the pole? There's one with uh, since Timberlake's performing, will Nipplegate be said during broadcast because of his old Jan- or uh, Janet Jackson thing? That'll be interesting. <laughs> any any particular uh, company commercials you guys look forward to every year? 
Honestly, I just want the commercials to be good again. I mean, we keep hearing about making things great again. Can we make the freaking commercials good? Like, the commercials, every year we get so excited about it. I'm looking forward to see what the conclusion of the dilly-dilly crap is, because I think we're going to make that go on for another five years. But other than that, I'm not enjoying any of the commercials. I watch the game with my mom and dad every year. And I go, shut up, shut up, shut up, because the commercials are going to start, right? And almost every time I get up, it's like, okay, I didn't miss anything because that wasn't funny. And then you'll have at least three commercials that are going to be overly serious because everyone's watching. Let's make a let's make a point of a commercial. So no, the commercials I am dreading because we're supposed to enjoy commercials, but I genuinely hate them more often than not. Yeah, the commercials used to be really good. They sucked last year. Some of them are better. I hope Timberlake's halftime performance is good. I'm, I wasn't a huge Lady Gaga fan, so I really didn't like that last year. But I love Justin Timberlake, and I hope he kind of syncs up off his new album, old stuff. And I hope it's good because I've seen some pretty crappy ones. Like I think the Black Eyed Peas might have been the worst halftime show performance I've ever seen in my entire life. So Coldplay was pretty bad. Yeah, that too. And I guess we can uh, wrap up this edition of the Edinburgh Podcast with going over what we're doing for the game. I know I probably have an exciting weekend ahead of me. I'm planning it as of this moment. I was actually in Philadelphia this past Sunday for the Royal Rumble, which was amazing. Got to see Ronda Rousey uh, come out. But uh, I'm I'm actually thinking about going down to Philly to watch the game. Um, I, I have a couple, I have, of course, since I go to school in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, I, have a, I go to school with a lot of Eagle fans. And a, a lot of my friends, one of the um, kids is the president of the local chapter of the National Broadcasting Society here, which I'm um, a member of. Him and my other buddy are thinking about uh, going down to my buddy's place outside of uh, Philly and staying there Saturday night. And we're not really sure where we're going to end up on Sunday, but we have to uh, meet and finalize the details. It's not 100% locked in yet, but I am planning on going down to uh, Philadelphia for to at least watch the game. And if you don't follow me on Twitter at jmcdonald95, I highly suggest you do that so that you can see I'll be getting some videos of Eagles fans reacting to any big plays. Um, again, not, not 100% locked in that I'm going down there yet, but it is very likely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with that being said, I guess this might be the last time I talk to you guys if I make it out of Philly on Sunday. <laughs> Please be safe. Please be safe. Um, that sounds like a lot of fun. So I'm really excited for you. Uh, that's another reason I'm going to root for an Eagles win. Less chance Jake gets murdered by accident. Um, <laughs> but... Um, I, I, I'm just going to hang out probably with my mom, maybe with my dad, hopefully. You know, it's always gets complicated now. Um, but, yeah, I'm just going to have a fun time, watch the football, eat some food. It's the Patriots, so I'm going to have to have some alcohol to get through it. Um, it should be a good day. Yeah, I'm just going to be hanging with some friends, watching the game, nothing too big. Um, just enjoying the game. I mean, whether the Ravens are in or not, it's always a good time to watch. Football, especially since it's the last thing we're going to be watching for a couple months. But when can we finally make the day after the Super Bowl like a national holiday? I've been waiting for that for a while. That'd be nice. I agree. I agree 100%. And I can say that should the Eagles win and I am in Philadelphia, I would not be staying for the parade. I I have no desire to go to that at all. But uh, I will. Should I go down there again? It's likely I do have. Although I do not have any Eagles apparel, I refuse to wear another team's apparel. That's not how I roll. But I do have a green shirt, green socks, and a heavy black, not laid, just a plain black, you know, heavy jacket. So I will be in full incognito on Sunday. Should I be going down there? But 
We'll wrap up another edition of the Ebony Bird podcast. Again, check us out on Twitter at Ebony underscore Bird and EbonyBird.com. Of course, give us a subscription on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio to come uh, have this podcast come to your phone every single week for plenty of Ravens talk brought to you by fans. Side of the course, our two sled experts, Football Man 58 is Chris and Joe is Joe's little two R's out on Twitter. And I, of course, am Jay McDonald 95 for Twitter, Jake McDonald. For Chris and Joe, we will talk to you next week on the Ebony Bird podcast. Enjoy the Super Bowl on Sunday.